Hi, my name is Kevin McQuillan, and the following pre-recorded conversations are my attempt to make sense of the human experience through the practice of yoga. I hope you enjoy. I'm going to shape our time together this morning and how this morning is going to shape our day together. We don't have much time left together. We've been mentioning throughout our time that the first week seems long. And as we shift past the midpoint, our time together moves quite quickly. And you'll notice that. We only have five full days together. So think about that. It's not a lot of time. And it's certainly not a lot of time to implement the changes you know you need to make. Not only towards yourself, but into your life. And I'm saying that to keep inviting you into what we're doing here. Because we are not slowing down. We're going to keep moving deeper and deeper into the teachings, the approach, and within you. And so this week is going into a narrowing in some ways, and you have to make some difficult decisions for yourself. And that's good. And the idea is you get straight about what you're willing to sacrifice in the effort to change and not remain the same. Because you know what's waiting for you if you remain the same. It's called your past. You already know what your past has given you. A lot of wonderful things, but then also a lot of suffering. And you staying the same is not going to move you closer to what it is you want. Otherwise, you'd already have it. So this week is supportive of such a thing, you changing. It's also the shift into disciplines of being a teacher. First week, disciplines being a student, you understanding your studentship, where you have it, where you don't. And this week is so much about teaching yourself how to change. And if you can do that, then you'll have the capacity to teach that to other people, which is needed, absolutely needed. That's what's so brilliant about the practice of yoga and specifically teaching yoga. It's designed for that. It's an approach that changes if it's held that way. Sometimes it's not held that way. And so it can be a tool of self-destruction, which sounds strange, but it can be that, absolutely. The theme today is experiential connection. Whoa, think about that principle that discipline, you gotta experience real connection first. You have to be able to be with people like your students if you wanna teach and experience real connection. And that does not just happen. It's a skill set. It's an art in various different ways to be able to experience real connection with people and to get them in the relationship and you're seeing that from the first week everything that you're up against that keeps you outside of relationships it's a lot and all the games and strategies that you've been playing out in your life that have kept you outside of relationships certainly the kind of relationships you want i'm not saying that's true all all across the board for you i'm not suggesting that but my hope is you had a you have a clear understanding of how you disrupt the very things you say you want. 
And so the opposite of connection is disconnection. I'm going to share some, share some distinctions with you about disconnection and how that shows up. I've attempted to shape these distinctions in a very specific way. And my hope is that you can find yourself in these distinctions. <laughs> this was not easy for me coming up with these distinctions. It's like pulling out my hair, trying to put these together. Ah, I just had to. <laughs> yes, burn my hair away. The topic I want to shift into is shame. That's the topic I want to shift into today, which is very specific, very unique. I don't tend to do that in, these, in this program to get this specific about shame, but it, it seems fitting. And so this is the attempt. And through these distinctions, I encourage you to relate to them from the, from the little you, the little you, the we you, many years ago, and attempt to relate to these distinctions from that place, the little girl. Hmm. I wasn't expecting this motion. I spend a lot of time with women, as you can tell. And I have for a very long time. And although I'll never understand what it's like to be a woman for obvious reasons. I've heard so many stories and I've been with so many women And the pain associated with women is so profound. And I think this, this is where this emotion comes from, of hearing so many stories. So many wonderful stories, of course, of triumph and inspiration. And then a tremendous amount of tragic stories I've heard along the way. And it's this blend of feeling grateful about that and then also terrorized about it. And it's, I guess I haven't quite figured this part out yet. The commitment I have to supporting women, I haven't quite figured that part out yet. But there's a particular drive I have around that. I imagine it comes from my family, having a mom and two sisters, being the middle kid. I have a daughter who's 14. 
I know a lot of amazing women, present company included. And there's something in that that <laughs> keeps calling me in an attempt to support women. And so you can be a powerhouse and a force of good in this world, which you are in so many different ways, but also in different ways moving forward. And it seems to me shame is something that encases and creates dissidence and great, a great level of challenge for women in particular. And so I'm curious about this topic, very curious about this topic. I know what shame does, it's very debilitating. And it's often used as a bully versus a teacher that we use shame to bully ourselves into submission versus use it as a teacher to wise up. And so today is an exploration of shame and your relationship to it. It's one of the things and one of the fundamental things, experiences that interrupts connection. So I'm going to walk you through these distinctions. The tendency is to be dutiful and agreeable insofar as wanting to please and do what you're told. The common outcome of being too polite and agreeable I'll promise, ah, I'll promise I'll get through this. <laughs> oh. Is being exploited and taken advantage of. Which can be the tendency, is being too dutiful and agreeable. Is we set ourselves up to be exploited and be taken advantage of. And you know what that feels like. We all do in our own way. And especially when you're young, because we don't know. The attempt to make sense of uh, the world, people. The attempt to feel safe, the attempt to get attention, the attempt to be loved, the attempt, the attempt, the attempt, and so many attempts. And what can happen in all of that is we can be harmed and hurt. One of the consequences of such a thing is we carry that harm and hurt with us the rest of our lives, and that is the tendency. In such experience, rather than speak up, the inclination is to often silence, is often silence, submission, and shame. So we stop speaking, we submit, 
to whatever the circumstance is, was. And shame encases us. And that's the disconnect. We immediately become disconnected, not only from ourselves, but from other people. Convinced you have no idea how to take care of yourself, you turn your pattern of behavior outwards to gauge what is expected. Because the mindset in the conversation often is something like this. Clearly, I don't know how to take care of myself. Otherwise, this would not have happened. These experiences that have occurred, they would not be supported. Things would be different if I knew how to take care of myself, and clearly I don't. And so best I reach outside of myself in the attempt to get some gauge of what's expected of me and how to move in this world. We all know what that feels like. And doing that out of a place of hurt and harm is dangerous. However, instead of receiving support and guidance, you seem to realize it's only more exploitation. You're simply exploited more. Not only are you exploiting yourself, but others are right there to exploit you as well. It's an outcome that produces debilitating shame and an identity crisis and a pathology of self-destruction. And that's what shame can do. It can create this pathology of self-destruction. If you've ever seen that, it is hmm, so sad. The destruction of oneself and being committed to that. The extremes of things such as those things are like addiction. The commitment to self-destruct. Eating disorders. Yet another example. These kinds of addictions, these kinds of experiences, all designed to self-destruct. And often are fueled by shame. And so ultimately, it's a tough life that we can create for ourselves. It's the thing that can separate us from our body, the very place we don't want to be. It's the source of shame. It's the source of pain. It's the source of suffering. Body, I don't want to be with you. I don't quite know how to be with people but it seems I'm supposed to be, so I'll attempt to, but I'm guarded, I'm protected, I don't trust. And how these decisions can perpetuate the experience of shame. And so I have a question for you. It's probably one you do not want to answer. I'm gonna ask it anyways. If you think about your relationship to shame, what in your life has caused you the greatest amount of shame? 
or close to. You don't have to get into the details, but is there a relationship to something or someone? And what is that? Maybe it's the greatest, maybe it's something that you're working through now. I'm not too sure. But leaves you disoriented in your own way. Anybody have an answer to that? Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that. How would you define that? Your relationship to, I mean, there's a lot obviously in there because you've been speaking about it. There's family, there's. Um, you felt exploited? Would you say that's like your relationship to your family? Is it relationship to intimate relationships? Is it relationship to men? Is it relationship to sex? Is it relation? I mean, it could be all of those things. Um, I think intimate relationships. Okay. Uh, status. Okay. So intimate relationships, man, sex. All in all, in all of your experience. Okay. Body. Yeah. What do you think the shame has cost you in your life? Well, I'm realizing shit time. <laughs> yeah. Self-love, self-care, okay, all right. Um, like peace, because I'm always so ashamed, like it's causing connection, relationships. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how shame was so intertwined in my life, but it is. Okay, thanks for sharing that. Anybody else? Sure. Thank you. And you don't have to get into the details if you want to, but yeah. Sure. I mean, it's not fun, but it's fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Discharged from the military and, and under that uncomfortable condition. Okay. Four months after I witnessed and aided in a helicopter crash. Mm -hmm. um, and I never put together until maybe six months ago mm -hmm. that the behavior changes that I was experiencing was probably post traumatic stress. Mm -hmm. And they just dismissed it out into the world. Mm -hmm. without helping put it back together. Yeah. So being discharged from the military under less than ideal circumstances.
it's a hell of a statement, right? I couldn't even get that right. And then the jokes that the people were making as they were pulling bodies out of the ocean mm. as a coping mechanism. Yeah. Wallets and boots and body pieces. Yeah. It's intense. Yeah. The jokes I was making. Because mm -hmm. how do you feel as a Not well. You can't prepare for that kind of stuff, as you know. I mean, <sighs> it's amazing you put that together recently. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Anybody else? Relationships not ending well with like my late twenties, early thirties. Yeah, I convinced me that you know I was just done. I was like thirty-three, I think, when the second one. And I'm like, I'm done. It's like too, it's too late. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, um, yeah. It's like I'm unworthy of like family life. Mm -hmm. uh, Very good. Thanks for sharing that. So like intimate relationships. Okay, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what is it? Okay, and how would you define that? How old were you when your grandfather? Seven. Okay. Did you speak about it? No. I didn't even. I didn't even know what it was when it happened. And yeah. I was like, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. McKenna, you got anything around this? Um, if I could go all the way back, probably, I don't think it, I, I was wondering if it like subconsciously affected me because I didn't really, I was so young. Mm -hmm. um, but when I was four, the cable guy went to jail or prison because he, when he was out of the house, he stuck his tongue down my throat mm -hmm. when I was four. Thanks for sharing that, McKenna. Yeah. And something that's with you. I mean, you know, it's, it'd be easy to shake that off in some ways and rationalize it, you know, but you as a four-year-old having an experience like that, you just don't bounce out of. Yeah, I don't know. I'm so young. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. You know, but I could imagine that changed your relationship to a lot of things, having that experience as a four-year-old girl. I wonder if it did. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, the consideration is, and that's the consideration that it, it did, it has. Yeah. And in various different ways it shaped you and how you move in the world. Thanks for sharing that. So it's a tough conversation. It's a tough topic. It's a very difficult. I mean, you could say it's the ultimate act of vulnerability. Sharing where we feel ashamed and about what. And how the tendency is often not to do that is to keep it in silence. The very place where shame exists in silence. And how we can submit to it, give our power to it, and not regain ourselves from these experiences that we've had. And that is the consideration that these experiences you've had have absolutely shaped you. How, that's the discovery, right? It's like, okay, how has this shaped me? How has this influenced my relationships, not only to me, my body, and to others? Women, men, people in general, the world. And what you'll notice is it's been quite significant how your past has shaped you. And that's the attempt of these practices to recover yourself. That, that which was once lost. Because something was lost in those moments. And the realization is that there's a part of you that's still stuck back there. In those moments. You're still stuck. And so there's a part of you that is, however old you were, the immature you. That's lost and confused and doesn't understand. Feels unsafe. Startled. Whatever you felt in those moments. And that's the recovery. It's how to get yourself out of the past. And to do that is the ability to make sense of, in the best attempt, to make sense of what occurred. And to see how it's influenced you so it can stop influencing you as you move forward. And that's the attempt to experience real connection. The very things we do not want to connect to. But there's such a unique and interesting connection point going where we least want to go. Despite my valid concerns, I cannot allow my past to spoil the potential to experience real connection. I cannot allow my past to spoil the potential for connection in my life because I understand how important it is. It's through connection that I can afford, that I can confront destabilizing patterns, embrace vulnerability and change. Shame has a way of destabilizing us, absolutely. And there's a fragility attached to shame. It's very destructive because we can't withstand much. And if we do, it's because we've toughened ourselves up in the shell, but what lives inside is the fragility still. It's the tough outer crust that's confrontational in the world. 
based out of protection, which is, which is a weakened posture, you could say, a weakened posture within. That's what shame does. It's a weak posture within. As a result, my focus is on my body. The very place shame exists in a space I'd rather not be. It's no wonder to me that we can disembody. Who the hell wants to be in their body? The source of shame and pain and the past and the suffering that come through the experiences we had. Who wants to be there? And a lot of people choose not to go there. And we can go to the extreme to keep out of our bodies. Chasing the next thrill, as an example. Numbing ourselves out in various different ways. Starving ourselves, overeating. Exhausting oneself. The opposite of that. Being lethargic and sleeping your life away. Keeping yourself dehydrated. Drowning yourself. And all the various different ways in which we can stay out of our body. However, I choose you body, you are mine and I promise to take care of you. And that has to be a fundamental promise. The body, you are mine. I promise to negotiate on your behalf and advocate for your well-being. That's a hell of a turn. From I don't want to be with you, I don't like you, I can't stand you to making a promise to move to the very place you do not want to be and to confront what lives in your body, which is suffering, of course. But what you're also understanding during your time here, it gives you access to all the experiences you say you want. The vulnerability, the authenticity, your values, being powerful in this world, connecting with other people, having joy, all these various different things. Those are not experiences that just happen. They must be chosen and they can only be chosen when you're in your body. And so if we allow shame to rule, it is a brutal dictatorship. That is for sure. That is unrelenting. So today is about experiencing real connection. And to be able to do that with your body and to embrace your body differently and get a sense of what that feels like for you and attempt to sustain it throughout your life. Shame disconnects, leaves us out of touch and in a state of protection. So we're in a unique setting. These conversations don't often happen. And so I encourage you to have conversations today about what we're speaking about right now, your relationship to shame and how to unravel it. You give yourself some space around it. We don't get to escape this emotion. None of us do. But the idea is that it doesn't paralyze us. And that is the tendency. 
So what a day will be. Experiential connection. If you want what you say you want, this is a key hindrance that must be addressed in your relationship to shame. We're going to practice now. It's a deep honor to be with you. Whew. You are a brave bunch. That is for sure. Let us practice. <laughs> 